let's explore talents and two other spiritual poems. This is Lama Jigme Gyatso. Welcome to Meditate Like a Jedi. Today's first poem, Talents. After a lifetime of chronic illness, of spending hour after hour laying upon my back watching television, I absolutely love the moments when my physiology supports me in the use of my talents, and when those talents benefit others, nothing else compares. Today's second poem, Predilections. There comes a time in the early days of a new relationship when we discuss our sexual predilections. Of course it is best if this conversation takes place naked, covered in a sheen of sweat after the relationship's first sexual romp. Innocent questions such as, what do you like, can elicit a great flood of details and preferences and fantasies. And this is great and could go a long way to educating each of you as to the superficiality or depths of your carnal compatibility. One must resist the urge to defensively seek to protect oneself by hiding behind clinical descriptions of otherwise passionate acts. As always, the Tao Te Ching counsels us to communicate vulnerably from a place of centered spontaneity. But how do you react to your new partner's preferences, and how do they react toward yours? I have found there to be three categories of responses. First, revulsion. Second, anxious acceptance. And third, when they exclaim, that is hot as hell. Can we do that now? If the third's randy enthusiasm is not your reaction to your new partner's predilections, nor your new partner's reaction to yours. By all means, remain friends, but a truly fulfilling romantic relationship the two of you could not share. For our sexual needs are so fundamentally tied to the reward centers of our underbrain that to ignore them is to do so at our peril. 
Yet sadly, many people do ignore what they feel to be their more embarrassing needs. They go through life heeding the cautionary tales of romantic comedies and consequently lead lives of quiet desperation. We can be kind, we can be friendly, but we must remain open to the means and the timing with which the natural rhythms and momentums of the universe meet the needs it has installed within us. Fear of being alone could gnaw at us, but our genetics drive us to pair bond and reproduce. But since evolution selects not for happiness, but mere reproduction, it is best not to confuse our scattered impulses with the beneficial flow of intuition's centered spontaneity. Today's third poem, a closer look at the seventh chapter of the Tao Te Ching. Hatcher's literal translation of the Tao Te Ching's seventh chapter reads, Heaven is eternal, earth endures. The reason why heaven and earth can continue and endure is this, that their lives are not their own. In this way, they can go on living. This is why wise ones put themselves last and yet their being advances. Exclude themselves, and yet their being persists. It is not because, is it not because they have no self-interest, thus they can fulfill their self-interests. Now, let us take a deeper look. Hatcher translates, heaven is eternal, earth endures. The reason why heaven and earth can continue and endure is this. And I observe, it could be a mistake to assume this passage consumes mere cosmology. We begin by hyperbolically exploring the longevity of our planet and the a galaxy within which it rests, which seems quite eternal when compared with the relatively brief duration of a human life. The remainder of chapter 7 seeks to draw out an empowering lesson that we could apply to our lives. Hatcher translates that their lives are not their own, and this way they can go on living, and I observe. It would seem the key to their longevity 
is the fact that their lives are not their own. Compelling words indeed. But what could they mean, and how could they be applied? Hatcher translates, This is why wise ones put themselves last, and yet their being advances. Exclude themselves, and yet their being persists. Is it not because they have no self-interest? Thus they can fulfill their self-interests. And I observe, evolution is not malicious. When peering back through the mists of distant time, we could see how our pre-mammalian ancestors could have benefited from the ruthlessness and competitiveness and selfishness of our brainstem. But it is a mistake to confuse a mere surviving with thriving, especially when we remember that evolution selects not for happiness, but merely for reproduction. Perhaps in the short term, when our distant ancestors' only goal was to live long enough to procreate, selfishness and competitiveness and cruelty could have served them well. But we are no longer reptiles but mammals, and not just ordinary mammals but primates, equipped with great big forebrains, ideal for contemplating the, oft, the often frustrating and unsatisfactory nature of existence. Evolution, it would seem, both takes and gives, for although it has taken our speed and strength and claws and fangs, it has given us clever minds that could wax poetic about our vulnerabilities and frustrations. And as head-heavy, weak bipeds, who have evolved as social animals, the author Lao Tzu, the old sage, reassures us that the most efficient way to a meaningful life in which our needs are fulfilled is to redirect our creativity and enthusiasms away from our own needs and to the needs of others. As mammals, the altruism of selflessness is hardwired into our midbrains, for that has served the preservation of our physically weak and vulnerable species. But this passage teaches that selflessness need not be suicidal, but on the contrary, rather beneficial. How ironic that the most efficient way of ensuring the fulfillment of our needs and desires is to let go of them 
and also to let go of our very sense of self and to relax into our nature of noticing and loving and letting go. Thus, setting the stage for the centered spontaneity that emotes and chooses and reasons and recalls and imagines and utters and acts from within the zone, the state of flow. About 600 years before, a Hebrew carpenter taught, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. It was written that selflessness, sincere and spontaneous and uncontrived, is not only safe, but beneficial. But how do we cultivate such a thing, transcending the tyranny of our greed and fear and anger? Through the consistent, twice-daily practices of noticing and loving and letting go that we call meditation. Let us conclude with a simple call to action. This podcast will never have any advertisements, so support us monthly on PayPal and like us on your podcast service to help others find us, just as you found us as well. If meditation has felt impossible or boring or just out of reach, you are welcome to register at buddhajoy.org for the next series of live online meditation class webinars that meet once a week.